We got vampires. We have got boys. We've got the number two. What more could you want? I am Nato Kitchen. This week on the Gay Anarchist Yoga and Erotic Cooking Association, we check out Vampire Boys 2. But because, hey, you're sexy the way you are, I am joined by a few friends who have a secret embarrassing crush on some rather unorthodox monsters. First up, she's always wanted to be the biggest bloodsucker of all, a career politician. It's Amelia. Hello. <laughs> My name is Frau Blucha. <laughs> and I am just here to say that if Victor von Frankenstein is listening, I would like to talk to you about your monster. Hit me up. You can find me on Instagram at Xenofarious Navigator. Is he over six foot two? Then he's daddy. <laughs> Next and never least, they hate the Christina Aguilera song from Mulan because their reflection never shows. It's Ro. Hello. My name is Ro von Kingsbury. And I'm, like, oddly into whatever was going on in the shape of water. Like, how did, how did they do it? That's, how do they do it? I, I need to know. How do they do it? <laughs> okay. So we have not done a sequel in a while. So, uh, first of all, if you haven't seen Vampire Boys 1, this is a direct sequel. So we will be talking about the first one with the assumption you've seen it or don't care. With that in mind, before we sink our teeth into the sequel, let's give a little taste of the story. So if you remember, uh, Vampire Boys 1 follows Jason as Whoa. he tries to find his soulmate during his 100th year as a vampire. Otherwise, he and his whole coven will be destroyed because reasons. Uh, and he must choose between Caleb, a twink who is hesitant to join so soon, or Tara, who is way too eager to join. And also, Tara is being pushed by Logan, who is scared of leaving his existence up to leaving his existence up to chance, and not believing what Jason and Caleb have is true. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, love, blah, blah, blah. In the end, Caleb chooses to find out if vampires can have boners. Terror becomes a vampire anyway. And also, Jason kills Logan in a grotesque display of toxic vampire masculinity. Um, vampire Boys 2 picks up after the first one ends as Jason, his the one Caleb, uh, I guess also Terra, and their whole co coven... Um, as they live out their lives together. Unfortunately, their happiness is interrupted when a familiar face to Jason comes seeking revenge, and that revenge is death. Also, there are penises. Can Jason protect and keep his coven together, torn a sun vampire, blah, blah, blah. If that sounds like your kind of vampire fun, go check it out. Especially if you're a fan of the first film. Because from here on out, it's the spoiler boat. And vampires can't float according to that one Disney Channel original movie, Toot Toot. So, uh, what did y'all think of this movie? Better stay in the spoiler boat. <laughs> <laughs> what did y'all think of this movie? Um, you know, I harped on you last time about doing an accent the whole episode, <laughs> but, like, you switching between vampire and regular NATO was, like, the most jarring thing. 
You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, um, this was, this, it was a movie. It, yeah, it sure was. It, it sure was, Ro. This was indeed a, a movie. You can, that, that is a thing that you can say about it. That is a, it, that it is a had, fact. It had, it had actors in it. It had cameras. It, it, it yes. had cameras that were used to film it, and sometimes they even had audio people to make the audio audible. I mean, did they have audio people or some guy in his bedroom with like? I think they had like one ill-positioned boom mic in every scene. Again, hey, you're standing too far away from it, then too bad. <laughs> hey, gang, I have a riddle for you. What's, what is that? What's only noticeable when it's bad, but when it's bad, it's really noticeable? Sound mixing. You got it. <laughs> there, there's this filter. Wow, in, Amelia, <laughs> you're so good at riddle. <laughs> there's this filter in Premiere Pro called Denoise. Uh, can you guess what it does? Um, it adds does background it, noise. Does it denoise? That's right. It takes out the background noise. You know, so uh, uh, or at least like softens it. You know, so you know, put that filter on, put some ambient, you know, noise under the actors' voices, and that masks up things pretty well. You know. It takes like one minute to do in post, and I'm pretty sure you can find enough background noise from the takes or, you know, a loop in an FX library. Um, and as another note, there there are no subtitles on the DVD, so I, having hearing issues, could not understand <laughs> near entire scenes at points. Uh, and this was also an issue when I went back and watched Vampire Boys 1 because it didn't have subtitles either. Uh, so, so, shame on you, DVDs. They probably just didn't have subtitle money in the budget. You can go they on Fiverr. They spent all their budget on the sound mixing. You can go on Fiverr. Uh, they obviously <laughs> spent all their money on uh, penises. <laughs> because so there were five of them in this movie, and two of them weren't even <laughs> from this movie. <laughs> They were from the first movie. Can, can we actually count those penises, though? Like, this is my question. Um, For, like, the three-penis rule, do we count reused penises? I mean, they're there, so you might as well. It's, it, I mean, that you get into a whole argue with original content, like... Also, they me- how do you mess up the aspect ratio of the f- other footage? Because it was, like, squished in and stuff, and, like, the girl's face was just like, eh! You know, like, you like you sandwiched her face. Um, which is sad. Or maybe it was the DVD. I'm not sure. Um, speaking of another gay sequel, uh, another near-complete recast. Where... Were the characters upgraded or downgraded compared to the first film for you? I actually have a problem with this because it's like a trend, right? 
You make an indie game movie, it becomes a cult classic, you make a sequel to your game movie, and you recast, like, one person... No, no, you invite one person back and recast everybody else. We saw it in Eating Out 2, we saw it in another gay sequel, we see it in this movie. It's frankly infuriating. Like... (laughs) And the person they invited back was Tara. (laughs) Yeah. She's like Tiffany. (laughs) She's like, she's like a boring, uninteresting Tiffany. Uh, At least... Tiffany has, like, personality and, like, opinions. <laughs> <laughs> You'll remember Tiffany. <laughs> Some semblance of a character. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you think... I feel like I bring up Saw a lot in this gay podcast. Uh, but, like, uh, one of the things with, like, Saw was, like, they, they told the actress, like who was, like, you know, sick at the time, if she stayed on, they would give her, like, a bigger role in the sequels because they were, like, planning it out. And I kind of feel like maybe that was how they got uh, the, t- the actress or Tara named Zazu back. Her name is Zazu? Yeah, and it's really hard to find anything on her. Like, I spent, um, like, three hours... Nothing. So yeah, I mean, I think I, I think loved her assumption. in The Lion King. <laughs> Which Lion King? <laughs> one. Well, she was one in Lion half, King one. She started two. as the toucan, right? Well, there is one. There is one. Well, and a half, was, there was two. Wasn't Zazu there was in three, like all of them? A... There's a Lion King three. Yeah. Why? Money. Man. Disney will use... Disney will do anything for money. It's kind of funny, actually. There's also a They literally will. (laughs) Um, So let's talk about some of the characters. Uh, Let's start with Tara, who was the only returning. Um, And also, probably... I I think it's fair to say the story kind of revolves more around her character arc than any other character. I mean, does it, does the story revolve around anything, to be honest? Because I kept forgetting I was watching a movie half, like, <laughs> intermittently throughout this. I mean, there's, there's Demetrius with, like, his reasoning for what, for the revenge thing. But the mo- the thing that connects Demetrius to Jason in this movie, at least to get the plot rolling, is just Tara, like, and the manipulation of Tara. Yeah, no, that's true. Um, so, tell me about Tara and your thoughts on this wonderful character. Very fleshed out. Um, you know, she has a name, so that, that's cool. Uh... She is a kind of vampire that doesn't eat humans, I guess. So um, that's very, like, you definitely have not seen that in every vampire story. Uh, A lot of them, but not every. Um. (laughs) I feel like they missed a golden opportunity to have Tara and Jason 
and vampire twink from movie one <laughs> being uh, a loving, um, ethically monogamous relationship. <laughs> Sorry, I like. <laughs> Monogamous. The, the, word, the words kind of like <laughs> fell out of my mouth like someone would fall down a hill. Um, I feel like they missed an opportunity to put Tara and Jason and Vampire from movie one in an ethically non monogamous relationship. Like, that's honestly where I thought this movie was going. I mean, and yeah, especially Tara's whole like... character are kind of confused me because, like, <clears throat> she was good and then she was bad and then she was good again. But Demetrius is like still alive. Like I, I don't know. Actually, no, honestly, I honestly, I felt like that was where it was going originally because you see, like Caleb in that first scene, like come up behind her and act like pretty coupley. Yeah. And right. then they're like, nah, never mind, <laughs> actually. But along those same lines, like, it's kind of infuriating that Demetrius has, like, two arguably hotter guys than Jason and Caleb. You know, like, in his coven or whatever it's, you know, called. And he just, like, kind of treats them like Crash because, because he's, like, you know, caught up on the fact that caught up on his ex who, again, he murdered and got revenge on already. Um, so I, I really don't know why he's trying to get revenge on Jason because like he, he, he got revenge against the person that actually left him and cheated on him. And this just seems excessive. It's true. <clears throat> it's like, you're... well, it's like that old, you know, like when people get cheated on, they blame the person that's their, their partners doing the cheating with instead of like. Now the actual person doing the cheating. I feel like that's something that happens, right? Yeah. That's it's like a whole toxic thing, and that sucks. It's way too common. But, and I was actually, like, like I said, I was surprised that, like, because, like, I think in my notes I was like, why are you going after Jason? Why aren't you going after yep. the asshole that <laughs> left you? And then he's, like, just casually, like, I murdered him. And I'm like, so why are you here? Also, like, what's up with Vampire Daddy just going around creating new vampires and saying, you're the chosen one, and then just leaving? What a douchebag. Apparently it's because he's like, an the elder fact vampire? That, the fact that he's done it to multiple people is kind of alarming. It's sus. It's Appar sus. Very sus. <laughs> Apparently, Very like... sus. <laughs> <laughs> apparently he's like an elder vampire and they just you know their dick can't be contained by just one person um yeah i will say that on that before. kind of note i guess one thing i did appreciate about this movie and it's kind of a minor thing but there's that scene where the boxing coach whose name i can't remember i know kevin is his student but i was calling him kevin for like most of the movie in my head anyways where his student's a vampire and comes on to him and he's like whoa 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 you're like 22 I'm hundreds of years older than you and your teacher. Like, I'm not doing this. Meanwhile, Jason is nearly a hundred and, like, still macking on Caleb. Like, 
Chase is <laughs> technically 100 exactly during this uh, uh, movie because, like, the last movie's plot was he had to find someone by, like, the 100th year and the climax was on, like, the, the 100th year exactly, <laughs> which is just, like, so they, why do you so wait this long? he's not 100. Long? He's, like, 120-something, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you're yeah, right, you're right. Yeah. My bad. Uh, but, like, still clearly older than Oh, yeah, something. so much older. <laughs> Go find yourself a nice 120-something-year-old, you know? <laughs> Old people need to become vampires, too. I'm just saying, uh, this, this, kind of NATO, ageism, this kind of ageism is not acceptable in my but gay Nato, penis vampire But Nato, this movie is called Vampire Boys, not Vampire Old Men. <laughs> if you're made a vampire at 20, does that mean that you'll never be able to have a license to go get, like, vampire alcohol? Oh, wouldn't that suck? Well, I think, for all intents and purposes, as long as you don't, like, present yourself as dead to the government... You can pretend to keep aging normally up to a point. To the point where people are like, there's no way that you're in your mid-40s. And then you have to, like, pretend to be in your 20s again. But, like, if you if you turn into a vampire at 20, I think it's reasonable to go to the government when you're finally 21 and be like, hey... <laughs> Give me booze now, please. Here's my death certificate. I feel like if you're a vampire, that's kind of like a non-issue, because like if somebody doesn't want to give you booze, you can just kill them. Also, like canonically in this movie, they can't drink coffee or like eat anything. Can that's so, right. Like... get drunk. Look, happens? if you are vampires like Spike from Buffy the Vampire Slayer, you can get drunk because I'm pretty sure like the first scene of him rolling up in Buffy is him like crashing his car into like a parking spot while he's drinking booze. What so, if you, if, what if, you if I were booze? turned into a vampire, I would pray to God that I was as hot as James Marston. What if you Oh drink... my god, right? <laughs> what if you drink blood but the blood you drink has like a high blood alcohol level to it? Do you get drunk then? Well, um, I don't know if you'd get drunk, but you certainly wouldn't be able to <laughs> legally drive. Wait, wasn't that a thing in, like, the most recent season of American Horror Story by NATO's uh, hero and idol, uh, Ryan Murphy? <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of heroes, um, I got I got way too excited when they played the S.O.S. song uh, in this movie. <laughs> From the first, that was also in the first movie. And I was like, oh man, that that's a, I would, I'm not going to say it's a good callback, but I appreciate that more than I should. Um, this movie has a lot of similarities with the first movie. And one of the things that I think it could have changed, which is, okay. So I was watching the DVD and the DVD had a preview for Vampire Boys 1, right? And it was really weird because in Vampire Boys 1, it has this really, like, high green, you know, twilighty like, color grading to it. 
uh, you know, like really pump up the contrast and lower the brightness kind of thing to make it sort of like dark and edgy. Yeah. And so it's really interesting because on the DVD preview for uh, uh, for Vampire Boys that was on the DVD for Vampire Boys 2, it didn't have the color grading on the footage and it looked like significantly better. Um, and this movie has a, has a similar sort of like dark color grading to it. Um, do you think that color grading adds to the style of it or do you think it just kind of makes it look a little hard to like see the sets and stuff? I'll be honest, my personal opinion on color grading is that you should only use it if you are really fucking good at doing it and making it effective. Most of the time, you can do, like, you can evoke similar feelings, like, using the actual lighting that's around you. Uh, I think, you know, Midsummer did a really good job with, like, heightening up the brightness because, like, it added to, like, kind of the unsettling nature of the whole thing, right? Um, Hereditary... For example, didn't need like any kind of color grading because they did most of like their spookiness with the actual lighting that was available. Most vampire movies don't benefit from color grading, in my opinion. Like vampire movies should just be dependent on like light and shadows and like you know, kind of like a more realistic spookiness because the whole thing with vampires that they're these like predators that could be like your next door neighbor, but like they lurk in the night, you know. They lurk in the night. I'm actually really glad. I'm actually really glad that we brought up color grading because I think the whole time I was watching this movie, I was kind of really confused as to why, like, some scenes were so like oddly saturated. Yeah. Yeah. So here's a leading question: uh, Do you think the dark? color grade and lack of diversity in the costuming actually makes it harder to distinguish between the characters. Yes. I think that is not the only reason that it is hard to distinguish between the characters. And a lot of that has to do with casting as well. Oh, are we going to talk about... Uh, uh, sorry, let me put up <clears throat> One second. Are we going to talk about the acting now? I mean, we can. Yes. <laughs> I think I think Ro might have been more alluding to the fact that the person that is probably directing this and cast this like has a type. Has a type, <laughs> honestly. Okay. Like young twenties, like no body fat, insanely twinky, like they changed very the hair white. color on some of the characters. I feel like if you if you want to make your characters easily recognizable, one thing that you can do, and this might come as a shock to some people, is cast people of color in your movie. I mean, we gave you Demetrius. What what more did you want? <laughs> we, gave, I mean, we gave you I mean, <laughs> we gave you a a person of color as the villain. In this nearly all white cast. Okay, so back to your point, Nato. I Great. do think that with costuming, like I think I think costuming a lot of the time like really does like help to add to characters and like you know who they are as people and like what you're supposed to be reading from them. And I think that costuming would have actually like 
benefited this a lot <laughs> to help distinguish from characters because like right? I literally like all the costuming was so similar that I couldn't and like the people looked so much alike that I couldn't tell them apart like I don't know if you read in my notes because I wrote them kind of late but like half of them I was just like oh that's this one guy with the silver chain uh, but is he like the same as the other guy with the silver chain or is it a different brunette with the silver chain <laughs> like Give them some, give them some nipple piercings or something, you know? Right, like literally anything. But like, I think, yeah, I think costuming would have helped with that a lot. Like, you Apparently. know, maybe, <laughs> maybe Demetrius having like kind of an older, like fancier sounding name is also himself like older and fancier in his costuming. Like maybe he's a little anachronistic or like it's obvious that he's not from this era. Whereas Jason with his more modern name and like kind of being like the head of vampires in LA or whatever the fuck he's supposed to be. Like he has some like way like trendy, like Instagram influencer level clothing where it's like all like name brand designer with like the designer plastered across like his chest or some shit like that. Like, you know, like say what you will about twilight, but at least Edward Cullen acted like he was from the 1920s. Some of the time. (laughs) Of the time. <laughs> Actually, like the, I, I kind of joked around at like my idea for a better plot for this. But the more I think about it, the more I actually do like want to toot my own horn and and you know promote it. So I think a better uh, conflict for this than what we got, which was Demetrius seeking revenge on you know his former lover and his love and the guy that his lover cheated on i think it'd be a lot more interesting if jason's former lover came to him and was like oh shit this the guy that i was with before you is now trying to kill me please help me and have that be sort of like a d- dynamic to like strengthen like his relationship with Caleb and really put that to the test. I think that would have been like more interesting because like you he his ex is there who is obviously needs his help and can't trust anyone else, but he also has, you know, his the one, but he was his ex-lovers the one. So I think it adds a lot more dynamic cuz all we got was just a bunch of flashbacks, um some hypnotization a really lame fight scene and a lot of just sets that were just like black voids like flashbacks are cool when you use them correctly but a lot of the times it can be like lazy you know what i mean was and then, you know, Caleb as even as part like, of the plot in this movie honestly because i feel like caleb was only there for one scene caleb is so incidental like caleb is basically there <laughs> To be almost killed by Tara. Otherwise, he, Caleb every, is there to remind you that there was a vampire boys one. Every scene, every scene, Jason is like, "Okay, why don't you go off to class now? You know, why, why don't?" Why as don't far you, as like plot the and the look of the movie, you know what I think would have been really interesting if they had like taken some cues as to like the visual language of Saw. And then really leaned into, like, the horror aspect of Vampire Fight Club. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. That would have been really cool. Imagine, like, kidnapping two humans and then, like, having them chained up in, like, an empty boxing arena. And having them come to, like, Saw-style. And then... 
have Demetrius a... wheels in on a little tiny tricycle and you play. <laughs> Hello, Twinks. I would like to play a game with you. <laughs> one of you is the chosen one. No, be a good twist to this. Have Dem- instead of being Demetrius as the villain, have it be the dead roommate from the first movie as the villain who's now a vampire and seeking revenge. That'd be... I would watch that. I almost forgot that the roommate even died in the first... I forgot that there was a... You know, it's been so long (laughs) since we've reviewed the first movie, it's, like, vacated my brain. I don't think I would have remembered what it was about if you hadn't offered us a very succinct Bachelorette-style recap. (laughs) Yeah, we're never doing, like, sequels a season apart ever again. (laughs) As long as it's a direct... uh, continuation we're doing them right afterwards uh <laughs> see um do you find yourself watching this movie and going this is like puppetry of the penis i know why i'm here but that's not a really good excuse uh i feel like if i wanted to watch a movie with penises in it i'd just watch eating out too <laughs> yeah <clears throat> The superior eating out movie. (laughs) I think everyone's in agreement on that. I mean, okay. Like, at least in eating out too, there was a sense that the penis reveal was a part of the plot. Whereas in this movie, this guy, like, beats somebody up, takes off his pants, and then, like, goes... Like, why do you need to take off your pants in order to feed on human blood? The blood is red. Your pants are red. If you spill any, it's not gonna show. I'm actually gonna say something controversial yet agreeable. Um, Go ahead. There are too many penises in this movie. Oh my god, Nato, you're so brave. (laughs) (laughs) You deserve a purple heart for your bravery, honestly. (laughs) A blip in the heart. Um... No, like, I, I completely agree. I think there needs to be, like, an if, if you're gonna show a penis, there needs to be a reason. Like, whether it's a character uh, sort of, like, ogling someone, if it's even something like, oh, no, I got blood on my white pants. I better take them off to put them in the washer. You know, stuff like that, I you think- know. <laughs> It's like, this movie would have benefited by following the two penis rule instead of going whole hog and trying to include five penises. Like, this movie is not worthy of having five penises. It was trying to be, like, shock penises, almost. Shock penises. Sheenuses. <laughs> you should be careful saying that out loud, Amelia. That's definitely somebody's kink. It definitely is. Um... It's kind of funny because, like, even in the first film when we saw the penises, they actually, like, had, like, an actual reasoning for why we saw them. And that's what they flash back to. And here it's like, well, it's dinner time. Better get naked. You know, um, all that stuff. Or this is a flashback where I'm being dramatic. Better be naked. Why did Why did Demetrius get naked? <laughs> like, because he was sad. <laughs> oh no, I'm sad. I'm Better take off all my clothes. Entire, <laughs> gonna show the entire world my penis. 
sound like a like a dejected toddler. I'm gonna wants attention, so take soft pants. <laughs> even the penises in another gay movie had like more reasoning behind them than this movie had. Oh my goodness. Oh god, I'm saying nice things. Uh, so there, there is one other thing that I'm kind of curious about. So like, uh, we have the benefit of hindsight since we get to make our observations on the finished project product you know uh and, and like i said about schoolgirl zombie hunters there's a chance somebody saw this as the project their heart wanted to make um so where are some places that you feel like this movie actually did well besides the sos song placement <laughs> I think hmm. <clears throat> it's taking me a little bit too long to think <laughs> I really liked how in contrast to the first movie which was kind of intimate and small-scale, this one at least attempted to expand the lore of its universe. And I like that they, like, at least tried to make callbacks to the first movie to remind the audience of what happened. Like... Yeah. Yeah. Because I would have been lost without that, to be perfectly honest. I think there needs to be more, like, uh, sum-ups at the beginning of sequels. Like, here's what happened in the last film. Here's what yeah, happened in Yeah, just like Vampire you do at the beginning of uh, episodes of Glee and shit. <laughs> that's what you missed on Vampire Glee. <laughs> Vampire Glee. Glee would have been so much better if people would, like, mysteriously disappear and then come back as, like, broody vampires. They did that to Quinn once. She, like, came back, like, all cool and edgy. And then, like, it only lasted one episode. I was really... Like, how do I even remember this? I haven't watched Glee in ages. Did you watch the 3D movie of Glee? Of course not. I didn't know that existed. <laughs> well, good, because no one should remember that it existed. The first season of Glee was a hot mess. The second season was alright. And by the time the third and fourth season came out, you could tell that the cast was, like, done. <laughs> well, apparently they were done with Leah Michelle's bullshit, so... Yeah. As soon as, like, you know as soon as they start doing, like... What does the fox say? That like they're really scraping the bottom of the <laughs> right. barrel for content. <laughs> okay, that brings up a good. So this brings up two questions I have. Um, so the first question is a big thing about Twilight was uh, Bella had to choose between a vampire. For some reason, her only two choices in the universe were a vampire and a werewolf because Alaska or something. I never read the books. I've only seen like people uh, joke Washington about it. actually. What's the difference? Um, <laughs> do you think this movie would have benefited from uh, introducing other types of monsters? Your Frankenstein, your werewolf, your swamp monster. I think that would have been hilarious. I think that would have been hilarious. You have like a battle, like one of the 
freaking like battle games between like you know the people that are fighting each other it could be like winner takes all but like then also at the end to prove their worthiness they have to fight like the swamp monster or frankenstein or something i mean jason w- didn't even fight in this he just stood around and watched so yeah he sure did Vampire Boys 3 is going to be a werewolf movie, confirmed. <laughs> Vampire Boys 3. Yeah, okay, uh, so, situation. like, a, the, the end of Vampire Boys 2, is that Demetrius that Tara went back to, or was that, like, a different guy? I couldn't tell. No, that was Demetrius. Okay, so she goes back to Demetrius. You could tell that they're, like, leaving room to make themselves another sequel. But, like, let's be honest. How likely do you think it realistically is that we're ever going to get a Vampire Boys 3? Okay, so we have Vampire Boys 3 over here, and we also have the spinoff Demetrius and Terra over here. So, you know, the Vampire Boys lore. Uh, but we probably aren't going to get them. I'm still confused as to how this movie exactly got made because it was like half a decade at least after Vampire Boys 1. Uh, and like none of the same creatives were on it. It's just like, oh, we're seeing this one. Uh, we're seeing this one, you know, is doing well in DVD cells. Oh, sorry. It wasn't half a decade. It was like three years later. That was my bad. Um, but like, it doesn't have like the same creatives or anything on it. And so I'm just very confused on who was like, who greenlit this project? Because if you're going to make a vampire, you know, softcore porn movie, you at least need to know how to, like, you know, sex it up, you know? Because you got vampires. And, like, all the, like, none of the shots are, none of the shots are, like, sexual. They're even going back to, like, the penis thing, like, it just they're just there. The the most the sexiest scene we have is vampire boxer going up and just like putting his arm around like vampire boxer coach with just like his pose and which is like his Greek statue. And that's pretty I much want like to see more of the vampire co- or vampire boxing coach's story. I thought that was a missed opportunity. Oh my god, this is the guy who did Deadly Screams of a Naked Siren. No wonder this movie is so... something. Okay, well we'll revisit... I agree, Boxing Coach is kind of the most compelling character in this movie. Like, he's been around, he obviously has connections to both vampire covens. Like, he's out here trying to do his own thing. Like... The movie should have been about him. Yeah. Or, go with me, Vampire Glee. Vampire Glee. I'm good on that. (laughs) Glee, but everything takes place during the night (laughs) time. It's a vampire musical. 
with popular <laughs> songs that we could and get every the once rights in to. a while when like it's the Glee S-O-S. kids goes <laughs> every once in a while when it's the Glee kids goes oh hold on I need to like go out and kill somebody <laughs> what okay one more one more joke about Glee um what if okay so the story would be so vampire coven Jason's vampire coven is living happily in lost wherever it's just right or utah or whatever um nevada i don't care um so he but this mysterious virus is going around that's causing all these other vampire covens to become characters from the gang from west side story Vampire West Side Story. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Would you watch? Snap, snap, snap. <laughs> you have two opposing vampire gangs. I want to suck your blood. I want to suck your blood. I don't know any of the songs from West Side Story off the top of With my head. With a score written by undead Leonard Bernstein. <laughs> The way he envisioned it all along. Well, I he's think... He's just standing at, the, standing at the podium, directing everything, going... <laughs> I think it's time that we sum this up. Unless there's anything else y'all want to bring up. No, I think we just about covered it. All right, a million. Yeah, I think Did so. That... Did, did this movie make you want to live friend free in the home of a murdered ex-roommate or murder your ex, their lover, and their lover's lover while ignoring two arguably hotter guys that you're in a polycule with? I murder. I, this, you could miss this movie. I don't think you'd be missing much, to be honest. Ro, did this movie make you relay messages in person even though you have the other person's cell phone number or want or walk into obvious traps just to be sure it was a trap? Uh, 10 out of 10 should have won an Oscar. Don't know why it wasn't nominated. <laughs> anyway, that's what we think, but if you've seen this movie or end up watching it later, we'd love to hear your thoughts and your experience with it. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Kaykapod. That's G-A-Y-E-C-A-P-O-D. While you're there, why not suggest a movie for us to watch in the future? We're always looking for new suggestions, and we can't wait to experience more movies <laughs> with you. I'm Nido Kitch, and I suck blah blah blah. Later. Specifically the Oscar for sound design. Like Yes, really it should have. Absolutely amazing. <laughs> Thank you.